Hi, it's Damien Christoph here. Are you ready to take your life to the most incredible level possible in 2016? Well, we've had three sold out wellness summits these last few years, but honestly, nothing comes close to the wellness breakthrough and we have just three spots remaining. Your favorite wellness couch experts, the wellness guys, Karen Smith, Kim Morrison, Quirky Cookings, Joe Witten, Marcus Pierce, and of course, Carl Brock are gathering in the Dandenong Ranges for three days and two nights for one incredible event. If you want possibly the greatest peer group in health and wellness to help you catapult your life to the next level, then we'd love to see you at the Wellness Breakthrough from February 5th to the 7th. But again, there's only three spots available. Entry to the breakthrough is by application only, and to apply, simply email your contact details to marcus at thewellnesscouch.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to the first edition of 2016. This is 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the fabulous co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is the professor of wellness. He's Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, great man. Ah, <laughs> oh, welcome back, MP. Can't believe it. Happy New Year Happy to you. Happy New Year to you. Did you see it in well? Oh, Damo. Did you say what did my see did my seat end well? Did no, did you see it in well? Or did I see it see it in well? Yeah. Well, you know, we don't generally see midnight um in the Pierce family, but we have great DMs leading up to bedtime. I actually, you know what, I see midnight. Sarah doesn't see midnight. Mm. Uh she's pregnant, so we've got to give her a bit of an out yeah, there. Yeah. Um but we what we generally do That's is your fault. We Go. <laughs> that is my fault. <laughs> I was telling someone the other day, I had four big goals for 2016. Oh, yes. And my big one, like, and when I say the big one, like, out of the four, what's the one that makes the biggest difference in your life? The big one, um, if I literally read it to you from the sheet, is Sarah is, uh, we have our third child, or Sarah is pregnant with our third child. And and that that is the one of the four that has come to fruition. The other three, wow. I got close, but they didn't. And I like to tell people that. Go on, what are they? It doesn't always come true. Um, the other three were buy a house. Oh, yeah. And um, our accountant was too good. Our income, you just as I said, as I've learned this year, accounts are really good at making your taxable income really low. So you pay as little tax as possible, mm. but they're really bad for buying Yeah, I know, aren't they? So, so <laughs> 2016 will be the year of no expenses in the Pierce household, according to the tax office. Um, five gratitudes per day, which I conked out in after about two months. What, you stopped being realize, grateful? No, I just didn't have to. I felt, I realized I did not have to write down in my journal five things each day that I was grateful for. I do it at the dinner table. You're just I do normally it grateful anyway. Table. You're just a, yeah. yeah. I, do it. I live it throughout the day. And then I had a personal income goal, which I didn't hit, but went pretty well. So, And that's why I'm a big fan of Reach for the Moon and You'll Land in the Stars. Um, just because you don't hit your goals doesn't mean you didn't kick butt. And um, and so, yes, but the big one was uh, pregnant. So, yes, we were talking about New Year's Eve. And um, we do it with friends who also have kids. We have a, a like an early uh, dinner barbecue from about 4 till 8.30 <laughs> and then it's done. 
New Year's Eve celebrations are, are over. Sarah and I come home. We have big, deep and meaningfuls about the year. What's been great? What do we can't wait for 2016? We're going on a baby moon this year, Damo, to Bali. Oh, you That's a cute. very big, so exciting thing for us. Oh, we're flying Sarah's mum up to look after the kids for 10 days. It's like Kath and right. Tony, cute as. <laughs> we are do they? our best. Really? You're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Kath and Tony? Oh, they, they know who they are, Kath and Tony. It's just a little shout oh, out. Oh, right. Yeah. Practice members. Yeah. yeah. But they're Good cute. Work. You know, they have little hand cuddles in the practice. Oh, it's nice. Cute, that man. is romantic. That's yeah. beautiful. You're a hand Well done. Um, oh, I love it. I'm so touchy-feely. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we're so off topic already. <laughs> um, welcome yeah, to so anyway, welcome now, to the I'd be, it would be remiss of me asking you, Domo, how do you see in the new year? Oh, with a massive party. Always do. Always will. Really? Um, at your place? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just a few days after you've cooked for 48 people on Christmas Day? Absolutely. Yeah, love it. It's, this is my favorite time of the year. I'm social. I'm a social butterfly. So anything that gives me the opportunity to, to wag my tail and hang, out, hang around other people. Um, you know, Lawrence calls me the golden retriever, likes to be everybody's friend. Yeah. Um, I don't like to upset people. Um, I just hang out. And I'm, I'm so happy when there's a heap of people around me. That's why I love the summit so much. I love the breakthrough. I'm a pig and poo in those sorts of environments. I just love it to bits. <laughs> <laughs> I really yeah, I just love it a bit. Well, there's our very first mention of the word poo in 2016, folks, and it came near the word pig. <laughs> there it is. Well, well, well. Okay. Now, Damo, this is a double up because this is a sequel to the last episode of 2015, which we didn't quite finish because you're bringing up so much gold and you're talking about how the the diet, the, the, the pop culture in diet, which has been very much paleo, is now on the down curve and beginning to include grain. Grain is becoming funky again. Um, can I ask you a question on that? Or do you, is there something that you didn't get out that you want to say? Or Because I've got a couple of questions. No, ask the questions. I think that's good. Okay. Yeah. So one thing that um, that we spoke about with Sam Gowing on, on what makes a superfood super in yes. uh, one of the episodes yeah, we yeah. did last year. That was a great episode. Um, and it came up briefly, but I'd like to ask you about this because you you know your grains, you you've got um, you know like in your cereal you've got rice, um, you know about quinoa, you've got amaranth, um, so you understand the trade, okay? Um, what people want to know as we're becoming more environmentally friendly, ecologically friendly. I remember when you were interviewing Alan Savory on the Wellness Guys. He's and Brett and Brett said, "Well, Alan, um, are you, we were talking. You were talking about sustainability of the world, really." And Brett said, "Alan, are you suggesting that if the world essentially became paleo, that would help the world be sustainable and heal, heal itself?" And Alan very clearly said, "No, Brett. I'm saying if the world, uh, if more of the world became um, omnivorous, that would help um, world sustainability." Nice. But now the big question that comes up mm-hmm. is sustainability of, for example, quinoa that's coming in from Bolivia and Peru and other grains that are coming in from um, uh, international sources and all the rest of it. Are we going to get to this point where, you know, because I know quinoa is grown in Tasmania, I know it's grown in other fertile parts of Australia and the rest. Do you think if grains going to become more popular, um, it's going to lead to, I suppose more of these ancient grains being cultivated in our own backyard because it doesn't. I mean, maybe this sounds really naive to people that know a bit about grain cultivation, but there's so many veggie patches in backyards. Are people going to start like cultivating their own grain so that they become from more sustainable sources, or is that just like not even possible? 
Well, if look, if you go to Asian countries, you walk down the street and the the blocks of land where the houses didn't get built are now rice paddies. So I think in poorer countries and poorer economies, um, that's exactly what they do, mate. They cultivate their own grain. They grow rice um, in the rice growing season and, and that's what they do. But I don't think that we'll see that people will start to grow their own grain. I don't think that we can um, grow enough in our own backyard to be able to do that. And fortunately in Australia, uh, we have the ability to, with vast you know expanses of land, we can actually grow grain um, and grow plants that uh, that are going to feed us and nourish us um, enormously, relatively inexpensively. Uh, what we do need to be able to do is actually grow enough. And I know that quinoa is being grown in Tasmania. Um, and I suppose, look, eventually we'll probably have good enough quality and clean enough quality quinoa um, that comes from Tasmania that will mean that in the marketplaces throughout mainstream Australia or mainland Australia, um, we'll be buying Tasmanian-grown quinoa, which would be, I think, amazing and it'd be great for Australia and great for Tasmania. And it'd be awesome for Bolivia because it would probably bring the price of quinoa back down to a reasonable price and the farmers over there will be able to uh, afford to eat their own produce. So with that then, if we've got this massive country that grows so many, you know, so much wheat and everything else, is it yep. possible that as trends change, yep. that just maybe a small percentage of that land, let's say, which is wheat producing, yep. would become quinoa producing, amaranth producing, whatever you want producing, yep. as a reflection of where this is heading or I think am so. I barking up the wrong tree? No, I think so. Look, there's definitely been a shift of, of crops. You know, you see that some wheat farmers are now growing canola um, and you'll see that some, and look, I'm not putting canola in the same bundle as quinoa. Don't get me wrong here. I'm definitely <laughs> not saying canola is a great crop by any stretch of the imagination. In New Zealand, we saw big shifts um, away from grazing um, and, and, and having um, sheep um, to growing corn. Corn's massive over in New Zealand. It's just, I don't wow. know, it's, it's the right climate, but it's all, you know, corn that comes from Pioneer and all the seeds come from a, you know, a factory and all that sort of stuff. And the corn's everywhere. So I think that there is an evolution, but it's based on demand. And so I think that as we move, you know, coming, as we come back into an omnivorous sort of lifestyle, an omnivorous type, type of diet where we do and we are inclusive of, a full range of different types of proteins, um, including the animal-based proteins for those that want to continue to eat animal-based proteins, um, and looking at vegetarian and vegan-style proteins. I think what we're going to start to find is that there will be farmers that that cater to that need, and uh, and and the, and if it's not Australian farmers, it'll be international farmers in Australia doing that same thing. All right. So this is this is there's a lot of food stuff that we've spoken about. Um, just now on our previous episode, can I take us into exercise or is there anything else you want to talk about food before we move on to movement? Um, no, let's talk about movement. Okay, so I can't you see anything said... else happening with food. Oh, you know what? No, look, there's still the trendy things like the, the acai bowls are still going to keep on going. I think people are still going to keep on gluten-free. I think all of that's true and correct. There's nothing else I can think of that is, is going to move in, in, that, in a direction. Um, all right. You said at the end of 2014 that CrossFit would um, actually. Did you say it would continue on, or do you think it would start to to dive? But regardless of what you said, because I did listen to it not long ago, uh-huh. um, what do you think is going to happen in the movement world in in 2015? Um, well, sorry, in 2016. Well, functional fitness 
um, and core conditioning uh, and strengthening, strengthening is, is still going to be a focus. I think that's still going to happen. But the, a message is getting out there, which I think has been perpetuated by those people in health and health care, that it's great to be strong, but it's also important to be long. And I say this all the time, it's great to be strong, but be long at the same time. So is that is that aerobic and anaerobic combined? Is that what you're saying? No, no. Um, what I'm saying here is that it's it's a great thing to have very very strong muscles, but they should be long. And so the problem that we found with a lot of people who are doing um, advanced types of exercise, like CrossFit, for example, uh, they were getting very very strong muscles, but not stretching enough, um, and yep. not having enough. Um, yin time and or yang time. I don't know which one it is, but you know they were, they were out of balance. They were too charged up, and so as a result, um, they were finding themselves um, uh, injuring themselves. And so they were getting strong muscles, but they were staying short. And as a result, when they needed to be long, they were pulling muscles and tearing them and creating injuries. And so, uh-huh. um, so I think we'll start to find that there'll be a balance again. We'll come back towards yoga. So remember a couple of years ago that there was this hot yoga craze. Everyone was doing hot yoga. And then, you know, yep. yoga was big. And then Pilates became really big. And so then we saw a bit of a settling period. So now people do yoga and now people do Pilates and people are doing functional fitness. It's not only um, heavy weight lifting and CrossFit, but they're they're moving outside and they're getting trainers outside and they're, they're they're doing things that are you know within their own capabilities rather than actually having to be um, you know in, incredibly massive um, or or doing really heavy weights. So I suppose they're being a bit more protective, a bit more nurturing of themselves. So is that almost, as you talk about that, it seems like, okay, exercise is tempering, a bit like diet is tempering. Are they running in parallels? Do do you notice, you know, just in your own observations, again, because you're so involved in this industry of health and wellness, do you notice that, you know, if if uh, diet is relaxing, it's becoming a bit more accept, accept uh, uh, it's becoming more inclusive, is it also the same with exercise? Because that it seems to be that there's some sort of parallel there in what you're saying. Yeah. Look, we, again, remember I mentioned that there was there's been extremes and we oscillate. You know, when people oscillate in between extremes, there's a settling period. And so, you know, at the bottom of anything. And Amber actually, we we're walking today, coming home from dinner, and uh, Amber said to me, yeah, "We're talking about." She was talking to a friend of hers about happiness, and that in in this period of our lives, this is like a downward curve of happiness, and there'll be a, a another period. Um, where there's an upward curve of happiness, you know, approaching, I suppose, 50-ish um, will be another, you know, higher point of happiness. Um, or maybe it's 55, I don't know. They were just talking about, you know, in, in the early to mid-40s, it's kind of a downward where there's pressures and, you know, mortgages and kids and education expenses, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's, yeah. it's harder, it's tougher. The same thing, I think, is going is happening with this swing and movement away from an extreme where we had paleo and CrossFit being so hardcore and looking only at genes and only at our ancestry and, and all that sort of stuff to predict our future outcomes and where we should be um, tomorrow based on yesterday. Uh, we're, start, we're now starting to calm down a little bit before we head into another extreme, which will be the opposite to what you know paleo and CrossFit was. This is great. This is so insightful. It kind of makes sense. I you love know, that's, it. that's, that's oh, yes. what Demo would say, isn't it? Demartini, he would say the yeah. exact same thing. But to, but to talk about this in in the real terms of the wellness world, yeah, I think is really um, 
Stimulating. It's great. Okay, so you spoken. You, you mentioned just happiness there, and yeah. one thing that we didn't speak about in the previous episode um, is the rise and rise and rise of mindfulness. Yeah. When you spoke right. about wellness and you're talking about is there going to be a new word, I was like, gosh. Well, mindfulness is now being attached to every word, like <laughs> mindful, it? mindful leadership. Yes. You know, we've got mindful everything. Everything's mindful X, mindful Y, mindful Z. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be not not that it might be mindful wellness, but do you know what I mean in terms of it's growing and growing? What? How do you think mindfulness is going to attach itself or to develop in? 2016. I mean, we've got um, we've got one minute mindfulness on the wellness couch. There's a lot of a focus on it. It's becoming very mainstream. Yeah. Um, I just feel that again. My own personal opinion is, can't we just? I know. I know. Vicky Kelly talks about how we're mindless by nature, and so it's really important that mindfulness becomes a focus. Uh, you and I talk about just keeping it real. You know, day to day, just be genuine. Be uh, be nice, but when you're sad, be sad. When you're happy, be happy, and all the rest of it. But how do you think this is going to infiltrate throughout society and pop culture throughout 2016? Oh, I didn't know that were you were going to go straight into that. Sorry about that. Um, I was on okay. mute. Yes. Um, look, I, I think that people are becoming more and more mindful. Um, I was listening to a commentator the other day talking about uh, mindfulness being not the greatest state to be in. Um, in that people need to work really hard to be mindful, um, and and I and I kind of it didn't really gel well with me. So I do I do really think that uh, mindfulness is is going to be a really big movement. And um, you know it started a couple of years ago with mindful in May, um, but I you know obviously listening to Bruce Lipton and also listening to um, to Vicky Kelly uh, and and you know and, and um, Mar, um, uh, um, Marvin Marvin Oka. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. These guys are the the pioneers and the leaders of this mindfulness thing, and uh, and so I think that we'll we'll start to see that this will again also pick up because I think that in being mindful about things, you start to make uh, and, and create, uh, I suppose, a more peaceful path. It's a less it's less, less volatile, isn't it? And I think um, where Vicky said that the, this decade will be the survival of the kindest. I think the kindest people will be the people that uh, consider others the most, and that requires a, a large degree of mindfulness. And I think that consideration of not only the environment, um, but of other things and other people around them, um, I think is also is part of that whole mindfulness movement, which will mean that we're more mindful of the type of exercise that we're doing, and uh, we're more, more mindful of being kind to ourselves and being fair to others, and and more mindful about the food that you know we put on our plate and its impact on the environment and all those sorts of things. And I think also, you know, tying into what we mention a lot on on One Hundred Not Out is. My my ideals are that the rise and rise of mindfulness makes people even more aware that you can eat the best diet possible. Yeah. But if you're not kind, if you're a prick, or if you're in a tough relationship and you're feeling the exact opposite of mindfulness, like from your partner, you can see the impact that a lack of mindfulness has on your life. Whether you're the one doing the mindfulness or the mindlessness yes you can see the impact no matter no, so you can put all your eggs in the nutrition or the exercise basket but I, I think ideally what mindfulness does for humanity is that it makes them recognize that there's more to life than whatever it is that they've been concentrating on agreed that there's you can be as busy as you like in December, but if you don't stop and give someone a hug, if you don't stop and say hello to someone, if you still find it difficult to be kind to a stranger, well, you, you probably want to 
give yourself a good hard look in the mirror because and that's <laughs> really what mindfulness is teaching is that yeah. no matter what's going on we're never too busy to be kind or to be mindful and um and from what i can tell that is permeating i mean the fact that it's it's become it's a bit like what I think Pete Evans did in 2015, he he made paleo become a mainstream word. Now, not everyone really knows what paleo is, but everyone's heard the word. I think everyone's heard the word mindful or mindfulness. And it'll just be interesting to see what happens in 2016 is whether people begin to start living it more overtly. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. What about technology and wellness? Fitbits are everywhere. I've got a Fitbit for Christmas. Have you used it? Um, well, uh, is, is that a trick question? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Well, here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. I think that anything that actually helps people um, focus on what they're trying to achieve, and we are very goal-oriented these days, um, I think that, that that might actually continue to assist people. Um, the smart watches are making a big, you know, a big, you know, movement into our lifestyle. I noticed that Tag Heuer have brought out um, electronic watches that you can change the faces um, according to the you know, mood that you're in, so you get to have all the different types of um, of, of watch faces that Tag Heuer are famous for. And so, even the big watch companies are moving towards those smart electronic style watches that can actually assist you in achieving your goals. So, I think that technology is going to still continue to play a massive role in it. And I think that we have no idea at this stage how far that's actually going to be. Um, what I am understanding is that um, there's certain things, for example, the stethoscope um, is, is, is going to become obsolete. You know, it's been used oh, for 200 wow. years, but there's now apps that you can get um, that will be um, far, far more accurate than a stethoscope ever was or ever could be um, that you'll just get with your normal everyday phone. So, so I have to, th- this ties in uh, to the, the Wi Fi. Yes. issue comment it's, it's been raised a number of times with nicole bilsmer on various interviews on the wellness couch and she's spoken at the wellness summit yes and and the world's becoming more and more wi-fi and and it's integrating into wellness like like never before we, we can measure our sleep cycles with our phones sitting in our bed to see what the quality of our sleep like you've just said yep. we can actually begin to 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 get really significant feedback from our body through the use of our device from from your standpoint, I mean, again, you're in the epicenter of Wi-Fi. I mean, Melbourne is Wi-Fi mad, right? You've got countries in Europe which are banning Wi-Fi through schools and I even know schools in our local community are going back to hardwired. Um, where do you stand on this and where do you think this is going to go in in 2016 or maybe even beyond? Is it going to just – are we going to just continue to accept a Wi-Fi world with everything that you've discussed in terms of progressions in technology or is there going to be a bit of an, an easing off of the curve, as you've described with um, with nutrition and exercise? Uh, mate, you know, in the last uh, episode, we spoke about public policy and um, and who decides what and where we all end up. And it's been it's public policy here in Australia now that um, we've got four G and and the four G plus network or whatever that's going to be called, which is going to be even faster than four G, is about to be launched and. And so I think that we're just going to be absolutely flooded with different types of electromagnetic radiation. It's one of those things that's unavoidable. And even though we might be able to have some kind of control over it with, you know, turning off our Wi-Fi at night time and turning off all of our devices, we are absolutely saturated by uh, radio signals and radio waves um, that we can measure. 
Now, the interesting thing is that those radio waves and radio signals probably, you know, or possibly could also be there in just ways that we can't actually measure them. So we know that the sun mm. emits uh, electromagnetic radiation. We know that the moon does that as well. Um, and, and there's potentially other things that we still don't know how to measure yet that could be emitting electromagnetic radiation. We don't even know how to measure it at this stage. So, yes, it's definitely one thing that can affect our health. There's no doubt about it. And it's great that some European countries around the world are actually banning it. They're more progressive than Australia. Um, but I think that there's, there's much of... You know, the many great things that we have that we uh, surrounded by in Australia that we take for granted, um, we there's policies that are put in place by people that are um, that are decision makers uh, that we have no say in, and that's just the way it's going to be. It's very very difficult to get away from it. So it's one of those things I've kind of put my hands up in the air and going, you know what? It's hard to avoid. Absolutely, and I think and I think you. You're right, Damo. There's so many people that are struggling to live in today's world because they're caring so much about everything and it's holding them back from living their life. There's so many things that we could go, whether it was health conditions, whether it was Wi-Fi, whether it was political, whether it was foreign affairs, there's so much stuff where we can feel overwhelmed by the challenges. But at the same time, if we get absorbed by all of that and we don't actually live our true life... um, then we, yeah, we don't get to live our life. So uh, a lot of wisdom there. Damon, a lot of big issues in 2016. You've raised a lot of great stuff. We spoke about mindfulness. We spoke about food. We spoke about movement. We spoke about technology. Um, there is so much to um, think about, consider, but really to look forward to in 2016. And so this is going to be a great year, folks, and uh, really looking forward to seeing how a lot of Damon's predictions pan out over the course of the year but i'm excited i feel excited about the year listening to a lot of you know what you think and where you think it's headed because um you know your stuff you got your uh, ear to the ground you can see what's coming um that's it for this edition folks of 100 not out the very first episode of 2016 is down hope you've enjoyed it remember we'd love to hear feedback you can provide in any number of ways the best is to go to our website at the wellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 not out if you've liked this episode subscribe to the podcast on itunes check out the wellnesscouch.com where you can view all ranges of our podcasts available including the number one show the wellness guys so until next week continue as always to make the rest of your life the best of your life we hope you enjoyed this wellness catch podcast brought to you by audible do you find that you just don't have time to read all the awesome books that you hear mentioned on the wellness couch well audible might just have the answer Audible is offering the Wellness Couch listeners a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can get books like Eat Right for Your Blood Type, Why We Get Fat by Gary Torps, Paleo Diet for Athletes, or even The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash the wellness couch. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash the wellness couch for your free audiobook. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.